Hey, thank you uh, for joining us again on our online service. We're so glad that you could be a part with us today, wherever you're watching. We're just so thankful that you've come to join us for this special Sunday morning online service together where we're doing something a little bit different. My name's Andy. I'm the lead pastor of Family Church and this is Ray, Ray Mills, and he's just returned from being on the mission field. Um, Him and his family uh, spent a number of years away in the Philippines and now they've returned back to the UK. We'll look at that a little bit later on, but we just want to say thank you for joining us today on what is going to be a different Sunday. And we're taking a moment today to focus on the global aspect of what we're doing as a church. And I know that we've got many congregations in different places in the United Kingdom. We've got congregations in the Philippines. And now we've got this incredible online congregation of people that have joined our journey since the lockdown over the last nine or 10 months. And we're so thankful that you've joined our journey. And if you're a part of the online congregation. Listen, we've got some good news that when it comes to the point of us meeting again, we're going to continue with an online service and we want to keep an online congregation because we've got many people that have started walking with us and journeying with us from different parts of the country, different parts of the world. And some of them are in shift work or in the military. So the online service has been such a blessing. So here's some good news. When we go back to our our, um, in-person meetings um, next year, we're going to be continuing with an online service as well. But today we want to take a moment to look at the The reality that we are a local church, family church is a local church, but we're a local church with a global vision. We have a heart for what God is doing locally, but also for what God is doing um, internationally in the nations and in the world. So often we can set our focus and we have over the last few weeks set our focus upon our local world, which would be our Jerusalem, as we've termed it, where we've been encouraging even last week that we would be lives that were like the donkey that Jesus used to carry his presence into the local areas that our worlds represent. We want to continue pushing strong with that, encouraging every person that's a part of Family Church to be reading the book Soul Winner, to be reaching their friends and family for Jesus. That's the local world that Jesus has called us to. But the reality is that he didn't just call us to a local world, but he asked us to play a part and to partner with him in what he's doing around the world. So today's an exciting day, and we're going to talk a lot about that fervor of field. And you're going to hear me refer to this verse a few times today, that in Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus said that he gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us his ability to be witnesses and to make a difference in our Jerusalem, our local world, our Judea, Samaria, which would be further afield for us. That could be the United Kingdom, Europe, but also to the ends of the earth. And as a church, family church, your church is always purposed to have an effect to be used by God in all three spheres that are mentioned there by Jesus. So today we're going to concentrate and we're going to hear about what God's been doing through some of the people that were sent out from family church, including Ray and including people in Moldova, Africa, different parts of the world. We've actually, well, it was Ray, but put together (laughs) this incredible, just brief um, video that we're going to watch next which allows us to pop in and see some of the people that were originally a part of Family Church and were sent out 
to different parts of the world. So get excited. You're going to see some people you may not have seen for a while, and they're going to just greet you and let you know a little bit about why they're doing what they're doing. So I am going to be quiet now, and we are going to turn on this video so that you can catch up with some of what we're doing as a church around the world. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is... Know that God has called us to be in relationship with Him. Hi, family church. Hi, family church. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hey, everyone. Hello there. My name is Annie and I've worked with Angel Home in India since April 2014. My role is to make sure the kids have everything they need and to make sure that Angel Home is a safe place for them to live. Whilst I'm in the UK, I help to fundraise for all the maintenance that needs to happen at Angel Home. Before the lockdown this year, we oversaw getting a new well installed which has made sure that the kids have enough water for day-to-day living. We are Joe and Lily Colucci and we serve with Oval Emissions in Zambia and we have been here for I've been here 13 years. 13 years. We've been married over, eight, over seven years. Eight seven years, years, almost eight years. Almost eight. Yeah, close enough to eight. Together, almost eight years. And what do we do? We manage the main headquarters for Berlin Missions, um, overseeing a lot of the logistics um, to get people out to the remote areas to minister the gospel. Hi, this is David and Fiona Killer with Overland Missions. We've been working with Overland for over a decade now and we've been living in the country of Angola in Africa for the past five years. Our primary responsibilities as sector managers in Angola is to create a viral move of God amongst Angola's indigenous peoples that includes evangelism and discipleship. My name is Taffy and I have been with Australia and Papua New Guinea for the past five years with Youth with a Mission. While I've been here, I've been part of our training department where I have led discipleship training schools. And I have also led outreaches to our remote villages in Papua New Guinea and also led teams on our medical ship. While I'm in Australia, I take teams to the Outbacks and we do some outreach while we're there. So you might be wondering, Australia and Papua New Guinea? Yes, I actually do serve in both countries. I'm Hannah. I'm Babe. I'm Jonah. I'm Benji. And I'm David. And there's one missing, Shannon. She is in the UK at the moment. We've been serving the Lord in South America about 14 years now, firstly in Peru, but mainly in Ecuador. We're currently leading a church of about 150 people, um, and all that that entails in terms of ministry, leadership development, evangelism, and compassion outreach. 
Hi, I'm Olivia. I am with the Circuit Riders in Huntington Beach, California. Um, we are a global mission movement and we target university students. Um, it's an organization out of YWAM and I've been serving here since September of this year. Um, and my responsibility is over pioneering the Circuit Riders in Europe and gathering students across Europe to see a move of God where people are activated into um, sharing the gospel and seeing a real move of God across the university students in Europe. I'm Rick and I have been working as Congregational Pastor of Epsi Makati since 24 April 2011, overseeing the overall church ministries from pulpit preaching, outreach and pastoral care of our church family especially here in Makati, Philippines, and even in our mission and sister churches. Hi Family Church, I'm Lauren. And I'm Max. I moved to Moldova about six years ago to serve as a volunteer for Stella's Voice. Though we've been involved with Stella's Voice for many years, um, doing different kind of work. Uh, in the summer of 2019, we are called and asked by the leadership team to lead the ministry here in Moldova. The main focus of our ministry is working with teenagers who are mostly orphans and also collaborating with children's centres and prisons. Although we do this work with a relatively small team of uh, five people and occasionally some volunteers, we try to cover as many areas, uh, key areas as possible. We provide housing, meals, uh, clothing, uh, as well as helping with emotional support, spiritual growth. Twenty twenty has actually been an incredible year for Overland Missions. Here in Zambia, we saw our largest ever advanced missions training class. We also held our largest missions conference to date, um, and saw lives touched. We've had new areas and new opportunities for ministry that were unexpected, um, and overall, it's just been, uh, been yeah, a really great year. This pandemic has also been really difficult for us, um, but in a sense, it's also been quite a blessing because we've never had so much time all together with the girls and boys to study the Bible, read about God's character and pray together. And we even have new opportunities opening up. Soon we'll not only have a house for teenage girls and teenage boys, but we'll also be starting our ministry with small children. We started the process already. We will work together with the Child Protection Department here in Yellowvin and then other regions as well and it looks like God is opening many doors uh, for us right now. We have two new girls who will be coming into the house maybe in the next week or so. Uh, they're three and five years old and we're really excited, so keep your eyes open for updates. During this time of COVID, even though there have been a lot of restrictions, the Lord has enabled us to do so much ministry within our local area. One of the businessmen that supports the medical ship to Papua New Guinea um, actually offered us one of their cafes so we could run it um, while COVID was happening. And in that time, I got the opportunity to lead a team and um, bake and do the things that I love, which most of you know. In the midst of that as well, um, I've been writing a course for our youth development where we will be working with Indigenous and Aboriginal people. And if you thought that was enough, I'm also running a module um, where I have been teaching on Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture 
And in that, it's been amazing to see how we have interacted with our community, but also been able to pray and intercede for the more that God has in store for the Indigenous people of Australia. Throughout the pandemic, our kids have been back in their villages. We are trusting God that he's going to keep them all safe and have sent out food hampers to them and their extended families. During this COVID-19 pandemic times, when there's a lot of government restrictions, the Lord enabled us to minister to as many people in our area of ministries by giving them weekly rice supply for four consecutive months, personal ministry visits and prayers, and virtual prayer meetings, which caused us to grow despite being isolated by the lockdown. Uh, as in the UK, it's been a tough time here throughout the pandemic, um, both economically and spiritually for the people. Thankfully, at the beginning of October, we are able to open our meetings again, albeit with certain restrictions. Um, what we've been doing through donations, we've been able to help uh, a number of families in need, uh, being able to give about 500 food parcels to various families. Um, in terms of the congregation, Unfortunately, some have become a bit disconnected uh, through lack of the internet and certain reasons, but others have grown in their faith, certainly, and some new people have been added to the congregation uh, as a result of the online transmissions, and other people kind of we have sought out through uh, the evangelism we've been doing on the streets. Right now, the Lord is moving in incredible ways across the Sec Riders, both in the United States and in Europe. Right now in the United States, we're able to gather um, in person in a lot of places. So we've just seen teams go across the US and gather university age students and young adults all over the country and seen incredible moves of God and people coming to salvation, people um, finding their true identity, all of these incredible things, healing, signs and wonders. And right now in our Europe team, we're seeing incredible things as we gather students um, in this difficult time of COVID. Um, we're just seeing an incredible, incredible move of hope um, across all the students we're talking to and we're able to encourage and just build this hope as we move with momentum and what God is doing. Hey Family Church, 2020 has been an interesting year for us, but in spite of being away from Angola throughout the entire year, our presence, distant as it is, has still been that we've had these amazing solar power devices giving the Bible from Genesis to the Ascension. We've had uh, translation of discipleship materials. We handed off to our disciples, and then two of our key disciples also now have motorbikes so they can keep going off to the villages. So work is still going, we're still making progress, and we're excited about what uh, awaits us when we get home. Yes. My answer is a resounding yes. Um, is Jesus worth it? Yes, 100%. There's nothing else that will cut it. There's no other plan, there's no other way Jesus is worth it. Yes. Is Jesus worth it? Undoubtedly. There's no question. No question. He's worth it. Is Jesus worth it? If he loved us enough to die for us, then we count it the greatest honor to live for him. Is Jesus worth it? Yeah. Always. Absolutely.
We are called and so are you. 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 God is bringing us all through a season of transition right now and we are we're seeing glimpses of what's ahead of us and we're saying thank you for everything that God has done. Wasn't that amazing? Uh, the opportunity to have a glimpse or a look into what different people from Family Church are now doing in the world across Europe, across Africa, uh, across South America, Asia. It, it's wonderful. I think that's brilliant. And it's really good to be able to take a moment today to just stop and realize that, yep, we're focusing here on our Jerusalem, our local world, but we also, at the same time, have got people in our Judea, Samaria, yeah. our far off places who are just giving their lives away to see other people um, touched by God and helped. You know, when you look at a lot of those videos, um, all those clips, it's people who are involved in um, spiritual support, but also humanitarian. Yeah. Um, it, it's a cut of both that uh, all of our people that have got boots on the ground down in a place are involved in, in, in humanitarian, which is meeting practical needs, but also really there to see people find an encounter and come into a relationship with Jesus. That's so exciting. Well, today, I want to take a moment to look a little bit at the life they're living um, and have a window into uh, what their life is like there. And having Ray with us today is a brilliant opportunity to almost open a window and say, all right, what is life like for someone that was in family church that felt the call of God to go to a nation or to, to leave what they know, the comfort, the security of what they know, to respond to something that God was putting on their hearts concerning a place that they would be a stranger in, that they would have to set up a new home in, that they would have to set up a new base. And as you saw, they're, they're, they're people with families, with children. Some of, our, some of our missionaries have had children while they've been on the field. Um, out, out doing what they're doing. Others travelled with families. And we're yeah. so thankful. Firstly, let me just say, we're so thankful for each of those people that we've just seen and the others that we're supporting around the world doing different um, things for God. Because there's many others. We send finances to other missionaries and to other uh, agencies that bring care and help to different people at different times. But that, we just wanted to grab a handful of them and give you a glimpse of them and give them a chance to say hi today. But today it's a privilege um, to have Ray with us. And like I said, Ray just recently returned. When was it you returned? 
Uh, we came back on October the 15th. October the 15th with Sarah and with Isaac and with Penny. And yep. Penny had her first birthday yep. uh, this weekend. Yesterday, yeah. So that was a great day in your household, right? It was definitely. Now, I want to take this moment, Ray, to help people that are watching that maybe would be um, family church folk or people who are a part of our online community that haven't really been involved in something that God's doing beyond the local of what sure. we do. Church on Sunday, Caring Hands, Baby Basics, um, different projects that we have running here in the UK. Now, let me just say that all the projects that we're doing here mm. in the UK are super important and vitally important. This isn't either or. This is, now let's have a look at what else we're doing. Often when others aren't watching. Yeah. Now, to me, when I've been on mission trips and I've worked with missionaries at different times, um, one of the sad aspects is sometimes out of sight, out of mind, isn't it? Yeah. But you can have a big send-off. You can turn around and you can say, hey, we're going to go to a nation, we're going to go and do this for God, and everybody cheers. Yeah. And then suddenly, like it does with things like grief, after a amount of time, life almost settles, the ripple settles, and people just get on with their lives. And there's nothing wrong in that, but no. sometimes that can leave a person that's on the mission field feeling separated and certain things. Now, I wanted to take this morning just to do a little bit of a Q&A with you, sure. give you a chance to chat a little yeah. bit, because I want this to be a window, not just about Ray and Sarah, but about what life is like. Now, why am I doing this? Because at the end, I want us to really have a fresh purpose in our hearts that we may not be uh, at the ends of the earth, but we can be a part of what's going on by carrying people in our hearts, by yeah. our prayer, and even by our giving and our supporting people Definitely. who are on the mission field. But having you here today, I thought this is too good of an opportunity not to grab you for a moment and, and, and cause your life, you and Sarah and your family, to be a bit of a window right. that family church folk and our online family can look through and gain a better understanding in our hearts, you know? Because I know some people would have very romantic views of uh, or romanticized views of the mission field sure. and don't get me wrong there's some cracking scenery some oh, yeah. great experiences <laughs> but it's a mixed bag isn't it yeah so okay Ray just opening up could you could you let the folk that are watching know you were working a job here in the UK you 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 were you were running life as normal super servant in the church you and Sarah always serving in the house of god it's not like you started serving god when you left no you guys were pillars in the house and in sending you guys we had to go oh man we're going to lose a couple of real good faithful workers here but you felt a call to what was god was doing in another part of the world that wasn't the united kingdom right talk to us a little bit about what happened there so um my experience of missions really began when God called me and that was at the age of 16 so it wasn't really I didn't go anywhere for years it was just a knowing in my heart that God had placed this burden on me to go to the places that people didn't want to go or couldn't go and uh, and that ended up really kind of materializing around the age of 19 years old I think the first time I went was with you to the Philippines and then I was uh, in Zambia and it kind of began to unfold and it began to mature over the years, really with um, traveling with my wife. Because when we were going together, we were seeing what God was doing together as a unit and as a couple. And it was becoming increasingly more and more difficult for us to pull ourselves away 
from something that we were investing everything into. So your heart began to be more about what God was doing there, even though you had a heart for what God yeah, was doing in course, the local. Yeah. You know, for you, for the guys in Africa, for the guys around the world that we saw there, South America, Europe, you know, Moldova, something happens inside of you when you suddenly realise it's harder to leave. Yeah and come back no, than what it is to stay. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, as, you know when you're a couple, and especially when you're a married couple, um, and, you're, and you're doing these things together, because your heart is already one, and then when you go and you go and invest your life in something like missions, or, you know, in, or in a country or in a place um, that's different from your home, you always carry that with you wherever you go after that. And so you know you've poured yourself out in that place and then when you come away from that place knowing what you left behind that kind of stays with you and that never leaves so something on those on those first trips to the philippines which were hilarious we <laughs> we had some boy we slept in some places and we, we did some things in yeah. those things that we, we'll keep a secret here they're yeah. all legal and righteous yeah, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> some of the experience i don't want to put anyone off of mission trips no, with some no, of our stories there no. but you know for me i loved being there but for me i loved coming back Right. Um, I've always considered myself, now don't get me wrong, I love the nations, I love mm. going into the nations, I come alive in a yeah. different way when I'm out in the nations, because I love what God's doing in the world, but for me, there was a fundamental understanding within me that I'm an urban missionary, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm called to concrete, I'm yeah. called to tarmac, but for you, like when we came back, you had trouble getting back into life here, because your heart was still very much yeah. there, wasn't it? it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for us, it wasn't enough anymore. Yeah. Coming back wasn't enough. A visit wasn't enough. No. You, you needed to... Okay, so I remember, how many years was it ago that you guys set off? 2017, we moved there. 2017, so that's three years ago. Yeah, you set January off. January 2017. And, and you went with Sarah and... Isaac. Isaac, wasn't yeah. it? Obviously, Penny wasn't born. I no, can do math. Well, no, no. Um, but you went over there, and obviously, we, we've got an incredible church in Manila, Pastor Rick and the team there. So we had a yeah. landing base. Yeah. Um, what were some of the things that you started to do? What were some of the things that you did during your time in Philippines? Uh, the, first thing, the first thing anyone does when they get, land in a new place is adapt. And that's kind of the biggest thing you need to be able to do in order to do anything else. Um, and then we got straight on into, into life and into the life of the local church. I think when you, when you go on missions, especially when you move abroad, you either work with a church or you work with an organization, work as a missions organization that's dedicated to that one thing. The expression of ministry will always be slightly different. Um, for us, getting involved in the life of the church was really crucial. So visiting people, uh, spending time with people, and we re assisted with pastoring the youth for a while. So we were really involved in the life of the youth, helping them restructure their leadership and really begin to recast and rebirth vision into what they were doing there. Just really stir them up again and help, assi help assist in that way. So that's what we kind of really landed on doing at first. And then outside of that, because that was part of our responsibility, but then we were then, that became our Jerusalem, which was really interesting dynamic because we talk about how your Jerusalem is here where you are now, but actually when you go and live abroad, that becomes your Jerusalem. So then you also have Judea, Samaria, and, the, and so you have the further afield, and that's what we were really uh, operating in. We were working in our Jerusalem, which was the local church, and then we were doing the further afield stuff. So I was traveling out to uh, the province, the church that we have in the province in Da'et, and then I was flying out to Cadiz to, to visit the church there and encourage and work with the church there. And then we did the building project in 2017 yeah. as well. Because we've always had a heart that 
when we go on the mission field, it's not just about what family church is doing. No. <clears throat> we've built buildings for people. That's right. We've given away churches. We've gone in and done projects and not want to put family church on, on the front of it. Just say, hey, God bless you yeah. in what God's called you to do. So a lot of what we would do within missions, even now, it's like this week, um, I'm going to go in. They're taking screens into a place in India. Right. And tomorrow, I think it is, I've got to preach uh, to the people in India, and then we're going to send over Bibles. That's cool. Um, and, and that's incredible. It's live. It's going to be happening. So we've always got a heart in family church, not just to send our own people and to see God move for our own people. But I think of Benjamin and the yeah. guys in Cadiz and around the world, we're always looking for good people that are doing something for God. And we don't have to own that in no. family church because we're kingdom minded, but we can pour into that. And you traveled, didn't you, around different places, that's right, just yeah. blessing other works and things that God was doing yeah it wasn't all about us it was about being a part of something bigger than yeah. us yeah yeah now we, we could sit here all day with some really funny <laughs> stories or rough stories that would make people go really yeah. you want me to go on a mission field especially about building that building uh, oh, but let, let, let's not go there all of a sudden obviously then we came into this thing called COVID and a lot changed to the degree that you and Sarah and Isaac and Penny needed to come back yeah uh, do you want to give us just a brief uh, well, understanding what happened there? Well, COVID restrictions in the Philippines became extremely strict very, very quickly. I mean, it wasn't like it is here where they start off kind of relaxed and then they got stricter. You know, there it was like really strict straight away, which meant that anyone under the age of 21 was not allowed to leave the house by law, which put both of my children in that category. And that meant that Sarah couldn't leave the house at all because she had to be with the kids. Now, yes, we could swap and all that stuff, but there was the, at one point, I think it was for about the first two months, only one person was allowed to leave the house and you had to have a quarantine pass in order to leave the house. And there needed to be a specific reason why. So I'd carry around this big pass that I had to wear around my neck uh, just to make sure that I could actually go to the shop. But that was, that was only in the beginning. The restrictions just began to carry on, carry on. Yeah. So in the end, you and the family were pretty much locked in, in the area that you were living. That's and I, I remember we were speaking and we just knew it was time that that assignment mm. was done, not because of COVID, but we felt in the heart that assignment was done and you've come back now. And this is what I love about Ray and Sarah. First thing they did when they came back was, right, how can we now be involved? Your Jerusalem shifted. Yeah. Because often you can see people come back from mission type experiences and not get involved in anything in right. the local. But I just want to honour you and Ray, you and Sarah, Ray, because when you came back almost straight off a plane, even though we went straight, you, <laughs> you came out of lockdown in the Philippines, and it was like you were here a couple of days, and then Boris jumps up and says, we're going into lockdown. So it was like, you know, lockdownville, one day write a book, lockdown. You yeah, know? Right. Um, but what you did, you expressed, no, now I'm back in the UK. And who knows what God's going to do in the future? Yeah. You know, when you've got the nations in your heart, I wouldn't be surprised if you guys are somewhere else in the world before too long but yeah. for now this has again become your Jerusalem okay now again I know time's ticking could dig into all of this a lot more if somebody's watching now and they said okay so a person leaves everything they go to another place they serve there and again it's full-on serving it's getting your hands different yeah. uh, your, your sleeves rolled up it's serving wherever the need is you know and we've done incredible projects with the kids on the on the rubbish dumps there in the yeah. Philippines and yeah. and feeding projects we've done a lot of rice projects and, and and that stuff but then you come back if someone's watching things for people to keep in mind when we look at those incredible people on the mission field this morning what's some things that family church folk and our online family need to keep in mind regarding them and their families okay 
Um, so first of all, uh, the, when I made that video that you just watched, there's a lot of bits in that video where you just see no signal. And that actually to me is actually a really meaningful bit of the video because there's moments when you're abroad and there's a moments when you're on the mission field where all of a sudden it's like radio silence where everyone you knew and everyone you were in relationship with almost no one's communicating with you and it's not out for any other reason other than just life happens and it's this is not to put guilt on anything or anyone but it's just reality there is moments in time where there is a radio silence from everything you knew and it's in those moments that you have to really draw close to God and draw close to each other. So, you know, that's why I put that in the video, because I think it's really important for people to know that when people go on the mission field, there are moments of radio silence. And if we can be aware that that's how it looks to them, uh, then it kind of could possibly help us a little bit with our communication with them. That if you've known missionaries that have gone away or if you've known missionaries that have left the nation, Please keep in touch with them the best you can because it really encourages them to remind them that they're not forgotten. And again, it's not that people are bad in their heart. No, no of course it's not. It's just life, life happens. goes on, doesn't yeah. it? But I think that's a really good thing for us to remember. I know that Joe and Lily are watching today, David and Fee, different people that you saw on the screen today are watching today and it must yeah. be so good in their hearts. Yeah. Hey, they've not forgotten us. No. Listen, we haven't forgotten you. No. And, and Family Church, let's do better at staying in contact with the people that you saw on the screen. Maybe it's like, oh man, yeah, I should have sent them. No, 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 let's not live in good intentions or maybes or should haves. Mm. Let, let's move forward from this moment and just be encouragers yeah. to them on that field. Yeah, and please don't, if they don't <coughs> respond, <laughs> please don't get upset and go, I'm not going to message them again. That was a waste of time. No, it's because we get so involved in making life work we get so involved in making ministry work 24 hours a day. Um, it's not the same as, you know, when you live in the UK, you kind of turn up at church, you do your bit and you go home. When you're on the mission field, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week of making what you're there to do work. Um, and uh, so if you don't get that instant response or feedback from them, it's not because they're ignoring you. It's because they're, they're giving their lives away um, in that, and the time zone difference. Obviously. And also but, learning, learning the culture. Yeah. You know, uh, I think of like, uh, I remember speaking to Fiona, who's in Angola, yeah. and she learned Portuguese. Yeah. That's huge. Me, I'm just about still learning English, you know. Um, but you have to learn the culture as yeah. well. So when we send people from England and, 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 and what they've known in England, they, they land in a place, you know, either on their own or in a fa with a family. And then they have to get busy with the work of what the Lord sent them to do or Definitely. what the church has sent them to do. But then they're also learning the culture. Yep. And culture is more than food. It's like some, some people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, bit of culture, bit of different grub. No, no, it's more than that. It's yeah. do's and don'ts, wrongs right. and rights. And that's where we were so thankful. Pastor Rick, we were so thankful that when we sent Ray and Sarah over, we had this, this pool of local knowledge yeah. of do's and don'ts and certain yeah, things. Hilarious. Hey, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> Anything else, another nugget that people should keep in mind regarding how we can serve and bless and let our missionaries or our people in other parts of the world feel connected to us? Okay. So um, obviously communication <coughs> is a big one. Um, but that's just, that's, you know, we've, we've talked about that, but it's, we can't do this without you. Um, we really can't. And I think that's a key thing to remember as the church that when these guys go and when they do this, we still need, we're still part of the church. We still, we can't do this without the church. 
And so uh, well, that's where your prayers come in and that's where your giving comes in. Because, it all, because it's all part of missions. It's all part of the same thing. It's not something different or something disconnected. It's actually the same thing. It's almost like when, you know, when you're boxing and you stick out a jab. You know, the missionaries are like the jab that goes a bit further than the rest of the body. And uh, so we're still connected. We're still the same. Uh, we're just, we can't do this without each other. So that's, yeah. that's what I was uh, Being a part of a body. And that's the analogy I've always used for missions, isn't it? Mm. That, that a missionary or a couple that we send or a person that we send to another part in the world. And again, let me just underline, we've got other people that are out serving a part of a family. I'm thinking of Pete Bolan and other guys yeah. who are in different parts of the world. We just had to, because of time, grab a few this yeah. morning. But all of our people that have left England to be out there to do something for God are like a fist. Yeah. But a fist without a wrist or an elbow or an arm isn't at its best. No. And I suppose the lesson for us as we spend time in this Global Sunday is that we've got to see ourselves more as a body and not, in the busyness of what we know, forget those who are out there spending their lives for Jesus. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, eh? Um, Acts 1, verse 8, is really the key verse of what we're looking at today, where it says, you know, Jesus speaks of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And he doesn't say, stay, he says, go. And then he opens it up and says, go into all the world. Um, you know, within the Great Commission that we read about in, in Matthew 28, verse 19, he says, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations. And today, I suppose the two verses that we're caught between is Acts 1, 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit. Jerusalem, your local, Judea, Samaria, further afield. Um, and to the ends of the earth. And in family church, we want to be used by God in our near and our far. Reminds me of that whole, whole Titanic song. Near, far, wherever we are. That's our vision for God using us in family church. You know, sometimes you see somebody that's drawn to their local and they don't think of the world beyond what they know. We don't want to be like that in family church. We want to be passionate about our Jerusalem our Portsmouth, our Haven, our Guildford, the areas that God's placed us in this country. But also we take responsibility for our Judea Samaria, which, like I said, could be what God's doing in England, what God's doing through Assemblies of God, what God's doing through different people that we partner with in the United Kingdom and in Europe. And obviously, especially with Max and Lauren there Mm -hmm. over in Moldova, that we see that God could use our lives as well as in our local To make a difference, be a help, be assistance, be a strength to people around. That's why I'm committed personally to preaching for people around the nation, helping pastors. We oversee a number of pastors that run churches that are not family church, but they run churches and they need support. And we're Mm. committed to that. That's our Judea Samaria. But then we got our ends of the earth. And I love what God's doing in the ends of the earth. And I suppose what I'm saying is family church, let's always keep a heart, not just for this nation, but for the nations. Let's avoid what I would term an island mentality because England really is an island and it's quite a small island if you think globally. Um, England is the same size as the state of New York. When you think of the size of America, the size of Australia, the size of these different countries on the map, and then you've got England, and it's amazing what God did through such a small country. But sometimes being an island, the British Isles, uh, Great Britain, sometimes an island mentality can stop you seeing what's going on beyond the boundaries and the borders of what you're doing. We want to break that way of thinking 
in family church or continue to break that way of thinking in family church and not submit to an island mentality yeah. where we say, well, it, who cares what God's what's doing in the world? We care. We care <laughs> yeah. what God's doing in the world. Yeah, but it's about what's happening in England. No, it's not. It's about how can God use us to go and resource and be a blessing. Obviously, primarily, a lot of our effort and our time and our giving is concentrated in the United Kingdom because this is our Jerusalem. But I suppose what I'm saying is today is a brilliant opportunity to underline that we love the nations. We love what God's doing in the nations. And we love what God's doing through the different people that we've sent out. Amen. So we sense a call to the nations Again, I reflect on, on Matthew twenty eight nineteen, where Jesus says, go into all the world. And I think when we look at the book of Acts, we see, we see a group of people that were initially passionate about the world. But I think even they settled in to something that was about what they were doing each Sunday. And that's why we read in the book of Acts, chapter 8, that suddenly, because of a persecution, a great, a great scattering occurs, where suddenly those who had been, become settled who were developing an island mentality. It was all about Jerusalem. It was all about Israel. Suddenly, God said, now let's get this plan back on track. And suddenly the church was scattered. And that wasn't a mistake. That was God sending people again into the harvest field of the local, the further afield, and the ends of the earth. We want to remain committed to those three spheres. Now, we want to play a part of what God's doing um, in Africa, in South America, in, in Europe, in Asia, in the different places the family church are represented by the people that we've sent, we have an opportunity to, through them, through their sacrifice, they've, they've paid the price, they've given up things, travelled, had families, took families. And we want to say firstly to each of them that are watching today, we're so proud of you. We're so thankful Amen. that you gave up jobs and futures, you gave up comfort, you gave up um, a whole bunch of stuff to serve the Lord where he was gripping your heart yeah. concerning. We're so proud of you and forgive us for when we've not stayed in touch as much. We're going to endeavour to do better at that. But also I want to pick up on this point as we're coming in for a close. I'm going to get you today in a few moments to lead people in a prayer of salvation because I just sense people today are watching and they've joined our online journey the last few months and maybe they don't know Jesus yet. Okay. Now, you've got to understand that when... We're here in our Jerusalem or we're in the ends of the earth. We're there to meet people's needs. At the moment, you know, I think of what's going on in our Jerusalem. Yeah. I think it's Thursday again from the, different, from the different care ministries that we've got in family church. Well over 100 full hampers went out. We're gearing up for Christmas now where we're not giving people extra food. We're putting the food on the table. I love what God's doing in, our, in the UK. But we want to stay connected also to what God is doing through family church, in the nations of the world. Now, some people go, but in some ways we're all represented by them. And here's one of my closing points today. When it comes to what can we do regarding the global aspect of who we are as a church, number one, I believe it involves with us going as we come out of lockdown next year. Maybe it's time for you to go on a mission trip a family church mission trip. We're going to be running some exciting mission trips this year. We work with incredible mission organisations like Overland Mission. Maybe you've, you've never gone and going will so change your life. It really will. Yeah. It takes you out of an island mentality. You see different cultures. You see 
needs that set your perspective. Now, whenever I've gone and we've done mission trips to the Philippines and to rural areas, it's amazing. You can get on a plane going, oh, Lord, I need this and Lord, I need that. And if I only had this. And then the plane ride back is completely different. Yeah. You've lived in worlds where people are so happy with, with so little, yet they have the joy of the Lord. And you come back actually going, Lord, I need nothing. Lord, Lord, I need nothing. Mission trips are brilliant for resetting your perspective, for helping you to have a, a healthy worldview. Because, you know, living on this island in England is a great blessing. And sometimes people think it's hard here. Listen, we get emails from places around the world that um, sometimes they're so brutal, I won't even share them, about how people are boiling leaves in different parts of Africa to feed their family. The people in that typhoon recently in the Philippines, yeah. everything they owned, everything, not their shed in the garden, everything wiped out. They have to start again. Age 60, 70 years old, they're having to totally rebuild their life because of a typhoon. You know, there's things going on around the world and we want to keep family church. We want to keep a heart connection to things that are going on in the United Kingdom, but also what's going on in the nations. You know, sometimes it's about us going, and I want to encourage you, if you've never been on a mission trip, get on one, it'll change your life. But it's not just about going. I think there's three things that people can do when it comes to missions and responding to what God's doing in the nation. Number one, we can go, mission trips. We've spoken about that. Yeah. Number two, this should be a no-brainer. We should pray. Listen, we send out stuff that tell you about the global aspect of what we're doing as a church. Stick it on the fridge. Uh, put it in your prayer diary. One thing we can do, how can I make a difference? You can pray. Do you know the stories that we've had time and time again through missionaries that said at a certain hour, at a certain moment, they had a need? And then corresponding in the United Kingdom, in a church, somebody felt drawn to pray Amen. for that couple. Yeah. And when you put the times together, it's no mistake. Yeah. There was a need here. God pushed a heart here. So let's be prayerful. One thing that we can give our teams that are serving globally is our prayer. But also, obviously, the other thing that we can do is our give. Yeah. Whenever we have an opportunity to give to what God's doing in the nations, come on, family church, let's not hold back. Now, we do a lot of giving towards what we're doing in the UK, but also we've got our missions department. The people that you've seen today, we endeavour to support them the very best that we can. But the support that we support our global missionaries with comes from the giving of our Jerusalem. So it's the giving within our Jerusalem that enables us to be able to support people that, with what they're doing in the Philippines, in Asia, in Africa, in South America, in Europe, in different places. So I want to encourage you, Family Church. Now, I know we're a church that teaches tithing and, and giving, but let's also be committed in our giving to the support of what God's doing through us yeah. in the nations through what we call FC Global, Family Church Global. And for some of you today, you would have watched um, the screens and heard the testimonies or send the people and go, wow, I forgot that we're doing that there. <laughs> Come on, let's purpose in our heart not to forget, specifically with our praying, yeah. but also with our giving. Listen, listen, if you come into a little bit of extra and God blesses you because of the, the way you're living by his kingdom economics, take a portion of that blessing and just put it into missions because we have a longer list of what needs financing than we have resources to send. We've got projects that we want to do around the world, but our only limitation is really we want to be true to supporting what we're already doing. But if we become more unlimited in our giving to missions, 
then suddenly we can then take on projects that are in the pipeline of things we want to do. Oh, one of my prayers raised, I'm always praying, Lord, bring us to a point that I can do what I want to do and not what I can do. Yeah. Because, you know, the other yeah. day when we were sharing, I don't know if you were watching, Ray, but when we were sharing about that pastor in India that got martyred, were you watching that? That was brutal. Yeah. Overnight, a wife and children lost their husband in a village in India. And my heart was stirred that week. And do you know what we were able to do? We were able to step into that world. I contacted the pastor that had spoken to me about it. And I said, tell that wife and those children, Family Church are going to be covering what she needs for this next Amen. 12 months and Amen. hopefully beyond. Why can we do that? Because of the faithfulness of yeah. giving to missions. Now, normally when we're meeting in person, we have Javalicious, our coffee shops, and all the proceeds and the profits of what we do through the drinking of our coffee would fund what we do with missions. Yeah. But I just want to say, just when it comes to your giving, keep our missions in mind. Keep in mind what God's doing through us and is going to do through us um, in the different nations of the world. Now, I want to just end this morning with that thought that each of the people on the video left with us, all are called. All are called. And I want to encourage you, like I spoke of Ray, he was called in England to serve God and God's purposes, to help people, to lead people to Jesus in the local. And then the Lord sent him to the Philippines. He was called there and he served and he loved and he led people to Jesus there. And now he's back with Sarah and the family. He's still called. It's the same calling. Now, wherever you are today, let me just underline, just like they said so well on the video, you're called. You're a part of family church. You're a part of our online family. You're called. And our calling is to love God with all our heart, all our strength, everything that we are, but then also to love and serve our neighbour the very best that we can. Like I said, I love the humanitarian um, that we're able to do through the people that we've got positioned in different parts of the country and the world. But also we recognise that the greatest need of a person, even beyond hunger, um, accommodation, the greatest need, and you've heard me say this before, is their eternal soul. Mm. But to me, any project that we do, there's got to be an agenda that's not hidden up front, that most of all we care about getting people from a lost eternity, separation from God into a relationship with God. Now, it's not either or, it's both. Let's feed as many as we can. Yeah. Let's care for as many as we can. Let's take care of as many orphans that we can. Amen. You know, exciting things happening in Moldova right now. Mm. Time doesn't allow, but we're kind of not just going towards now. Max and Lauren are not just going towards taking care of um, trafficked young ladies and guys. Also now, they're, they're putting together a plan to focus on children, four years yeah. old. Abuse has moved from older people now to, to younger children, and that, that's terrible. We want to be meeting that, and it's big on Max and Lauren's heart yeah. concerning orphans and taking and providing for children when they're younger. So exciting things happen. All of that stuff is vitally important to us. But again, to me, what does it profit a person if they gain everything they need, but they lose their soul? So we want to stay committed to the preaching of the gospel. We're not just a humanitarian um, organisation or aid um, charity. We, we're, we're people that live to bring others into a relationship with Jesus. 
Now, I know that you're watching today. Ray, ever so quickly, tell a person that's watching why they should, if they've not yet given their life to Jesus, if they've not yet received Jesus as their saviour. Ray, ever so quickly, tell a person that's watching that maybe could be in that category or they've drifted from God, why they should pray a prayer and give their life to Jesus today. You see, so often we can shun Jesus or the idea of Jesus because of a bad experience that we've had with religion. Jesus isn't religion. He's a person and he's very much in love with you. He knows you by name and, he, and you are important to him. It says he saw the joy. It was the joy he saw before him that he made him endure the cross. You were that joy. Knowing and being in relationship with you is what caused him to endure the cross. He is passionately in love with you. Why should you give your life to Jesus? Why should you give your heart over to him? We live in a shaken world. Everything we see, everything we know is being shaken. But Jesus is the king of a kingdom that cannot and will not be shaken. Amen. And, uh, and once you have relationship with the king, you become part of the kingdom. And your life, even though what you see may be shaken, the very thing that you carry on the inside of you, which is the eternity of God, cannot be shaken. Yeah. Now what we're going to do is, Ray's going to lead us in a prayer this morning. And if you're watching and you've never given your life to Jesus, this is new to you. Maybe somebody shared or tagged you in and you've watched. But you know that there's an absence in your life and you need God. Listen, we're going to pray a simple prayer. Ray's going to lead us in a prayer. And when he says amen at the end, if you say amen, you make that prayer your own. And God will hear that, hear that prayer instantly. All right, so Ray's going to lead us in a brief prayer. God doesn't need a lot of words. He's looking at your heart right now. And when he says amen at the end, you just say amen as you do. That prayer becomes yours. Lead us in that prayer, Ray. Sure. Uh, Father God, we thank you for your grace and your peace. Jesus, we thank you for dying on the cross for us. Jesus, you died for me. You took my sin. You took my shame. You took my guilt. And you died in my place. Jesus, I believe that you rose from the dead on the third day. You rose to newness of life and you provided that life for me. I receive that life right now. I receive that new life right now. I receive your forgiveness right now. I receive your grace right now. Jesus, we call you Lord. We call you Savior. And we call you friend. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Just say that word, amen. And in that moment, the Bible says your sins are forgiven. You're now a friend of God. You're no longer an enemy of God. You now are a part of God's family. If you prayed that prayer today or you've been away from God and you've rededicated your life to him, would you send me an email, andy at family.church. Let me know what you've done. Let me know so that I can give you a booklet and some steps on how to walk forward. But once again, we're so thankful that you joined with us today in our online service. It was brilliant, wasn't it, to catch up with some of the people that we've sent out from Family Church to different parts of the world. Let me say to those that are watching that were a part of that video, we're so proud of you, so thankful for you. Keep serving the Lord. For us at Family Church, let's remember that God's called us to make a difference here, but also for him to use us in our giving and our praying and our going to the ends of the earth. God bless you.